You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by one of the co-hosts of the Light Skins Opinion podcast, the Five on the Floor podcast, and occasionally over at Miami Heat Beat as well, uh, from the Five Reasons Sport Network, it's Mr. Alphonse Sydney. Alf, how are you, sir? I'm doing very good, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, we're all good. We're all good over here. Um, yes, thank you very much for joining me. Um, as people would have ever seen my tweet the other day, this was supposed to happen on Wednesday, um, but our clocks went back on Sunday and I completely forgot. And Alf very uh, sort of diplomatically messaged me about four o'clock saying, um, you know, I've only got to about 4.15, me thinking it's about three uh, o'clock, thinking, oh, that's okay. Alf, don't worry, we've got plenty of time. Said I only plan on recording for about half hour. And he's like, uh, no, it's four o'clock here. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, I've screwed this up. So uh, apologies for for that. And, I've always uh, said I've always said time zones are stupid. Uh, you know, we should just all be on the same time all the time. So that, that, I completely that, understand. That would help, especially for me because I'm used to this. Isn't this isn't even the first time I've done this? A very quick story about that actually. Um, during lockdown, we did, I I had a great reaction from a lot of um, people over in Miami and work for the heat or connected to the heat and they all kindly agreed to do this sort of week long um I called it heat media MVP week where they would join me and have a chat and I did on the same very first um episode of that week I had Will Manso joining me and it was the same thing the clocks had just gone I think I suppose it must have been forward at that point whatever it was and um Will was sort of messaged me about half an hour what I thought was early saying um, I'm ready whenever you are, Dan. And I was thinking, oh, well, that's cool. Will's ready to go half hour early. So we, I called him. We did the whole episode. Nothing was ever brought up. I said goodbye. Thank you very much. And then the next day, I was actually talking to Ethan. And again, I'm on the same mindset. And Ethan done the same thing. He said, are you ready to go? And I said, well, you know, I can do it. I'm just actually on another podcast in a minute, but I can I can wrap it up early. And he said, uh, I said, don't worry, we'll be ready for three o'clock. And he went, well, it's four o'clock. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So uh, I've done it again. So I did the episode with Ethan. And then I had to go back and apologize to Will for saying, look, you probably think I'm really rude. Uh, so I said, I apologize. He said, no, look, I figured what had happened. So again, very sorry for, and, and thank you very much for joining you, you me. You must now. think you must think Americans are just super punctual, <laughs> and it's just, or, just not the case. It's just funny. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. But um, uh, Alf, as I said, really pleased that you're joining me. Um, love your work on Five on the Floor. Uh, now, don't tell the others because I love all of your work, but I I love it when. Um, listening to any episode that you're on and I especially love listening when you jump on heat beat because heat beat alf is like five reasons alf but on steroids (laughs) yeah they don't I don't have to be a professional over there so it's fun (laughs) it's brilliant so anybody I know my listeners are very split between UK based and US based but if for any reason you aren't listening please check out both of them because uh, they are fantastic so alf great for you to join me now let's dive straight in with uh, the season that we've just had, which has been uh, pretty incredible. And um, 
you you at Five Reasons Sports did a fantastic episode very recently uh, about what the season meant to a lot of people uh, and what it meant to us fans. And you was bombarded with messages to that tweet uh, that was something along the lines of this uh, Miami Heat was for a lot of people, the best thing to happen in 2020. And it, it, it got a real great reaction. And on that reaction, you did a podcast with Ethan and you really delved into some of the replies and some of the retweets and so on, um, which was brilliant, really, really enjoyable episode. What did it mean for you? Because you, you, you gave us a lot of reaction about what us fans were thinking. And I know, of course, you are a fan too, but um, you, we didn't really cover what it meant for you and, uh, and Ethan and working at the network and everything else. So try and put into words, if you can, what, what, what sort of season this was for you. Well, I mean, the season started out as my first season as credentialed media with the Miami Heat, where I was going to media day and going to games and I was in the locker room and, you know, exposed press conferences. So it was really, it was a, it was a unique season for me because it, it was a very, it was, it was a hard, you know, tightrope to walk. Mm. Um, I am a huge, huge Miami Heat fan. Uh, anybody follows me on Twitter at Alf954 knows I'm a very emotional Heat fan. Um, <laughs> I can't believe the Heat actually even let me in their building after, you know, because they, I mean, a lot of the guys with the Heat, they read my tweets. Sometimes they have to tell Ethan, tell Alf to calm down a little bit. Um, so it was a, it was a weird, it was a weird season for me. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't be more happy with the fact that Ethan uh, and the Heat gave, afforded me those opportunities. Um, you know, when I'm sitting in front of, when I'm standing in front of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo asking questions, and I'm trying not to completely fanboy out, uh, it was, it was just really interesting. It was cool. I learned you're not allowed to fist pump or cheer on press row. Uh, Ethan had to kick me under the table a couple times. Uh, so like the, the first half of the season was really. It was strange. It was weird. It was it was exciting. It was new. And it was I was just trying to feel myself out to mm. you know what am I? Am I a fan? A super fan? A media member? Like it was just it was confusing, fun, and exciting all at the same time. And then COVID hit, and then all of a sudden that stopped. You know those uh those those drives to the arena after you know my because people I don't know if people realize this. I have a real job, and uh, this is just something I really <laughs> do for fun. Uh, so, you know, those drives at, you know, nine hour day at work and then driving down to the arena and then leaving the arena at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, that mm -hmm. stopped. And all of a sudden, you know, life changed where usually for work, I do a lot of traveling. You know, I spend, you know, probably two and a half to three weeks a month, you know, on airplanes and in hotel rooms. Mm. Um, so everything just kind of stopped for me. Um, and, and personally, uh, and, and I'm not, I think I'm speaking to what a lot of people have felt all over the world. It, it got tough, right? Yeah. Um, you're used to seeing your friends, you're, you're seeing your family. I've been hugging my father since February. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it just kind of, everything came to this grinding halt. And, you know, I think all of us had our dark days. All of us had our frustrating days. Um, I mean, I th we're still going through it, which is, you know, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know about the politics in England, but sometimes over here, people try to act like the pandemic's over and, we, and, we, and we're hitting records every day. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, going through all that, it was just kind of strange. I'm still doing podcasts, you know, then things are happening with George Floyd and social justice. I don't even know how I feel about mm. this country, about basketball, if it's even important. Like a lot of things got called into question. And then the bubble starts, and then all of a sudden, you know, every other day, 
for you know over a month. How I mean, I can't even remember how long it was at this point. Yeah, we had something to look forward to as Heat fans. This is and it. it, yeah, and it became you know it became one o'clock ba- one you know afternoon basketball became a thing and it was just something to look forward to and then you know I'm doing podcasts and then the playoffs start. And, you know, I no matter how tired I am, I'm having people say, Alf, are you doing the post-game live stream? Mm. So I get on the post-game live stream, usually drunk off my ass, um, <laughs> and just having the time of my life where I'm just interacting with other Heat fans. Like, I made really good friends doing that show, Tiffany Meeks, Royal Shepard. I was also already, you know, Kylie Wang. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm forgetting people, Mike, just, uh, Adam clutch, uh, clutch five reasons. There's so yeah. many people I, you know, I became basically friends with from doing that show. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just built this community around that post game show, which would get, you know, between 15 to 30,000 views every night. Incredible. And, and then the heat just kept going and kept going. And they just like, they personified this dogged attitude that a lot of us had to have within our own lives to just make it through what's going on, whether you're working from home every day like me and it's a completely different atmosphere than you used to, or you're putting on a mask and going into work and you feel like you're risking your life. And they gave you something to look forward to, and they became like this embodiment of what we've always thought and always wanted heat culture to be. And for and for a few months, a few weeks, the entire South Florida, the entire Heat fan base was one. There was no 100 section. There was no 400 section. There mm-hmm. wasn't Miami Heat UK, Miami Heat <laughs> US. We were all just one fan base enjoying the product in the same medium. There was no difference between any of us. And it was just a really, really cool feeling. And and now that it's over, it's just kind of like, damn, you know, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. No, brilliantly summarized. And um, I'm one regret I've got actually is because obviously the games are so late over here. They don't start till gone midnight most times. But heat games, this is um, when by the time they're finished at three, four in the morning, whatever it is, I've normally then got a couple of hours before my alarm's going off for work. So I don't get to tune in to any of your uh, your post game shows. But I know the success and the, the reaction it's got. I mean, I think that the your the five reasons YouTube subscribers have more than doubled just on the back of that. So congratulations to that and and brilliant on um uh, on something that everybody is is really enjoying, especially on the back of of a successful run. It must have been fantastic to to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I totally agree with what you just said. I mean, obviously, the, the dark and gloomy times that we've had and a lot of people have got, you know, some real, whether it be health issues or health issues to a loved one or just not being able to see loved ones or just just whatever it is, personal issues, the, 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 to be able to go on to to uh, an app and speak and interact with like-minded people from all over the world is fantastic. That's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, just that escape, that that escapism of an incredible run um brilliantly dictated what you've just said there um it's just been fantastic and yeah it's uh, it's it's really united everyone uh, on one uh, on one level really i think that as you said there's no upper upper um you know vip sections everyone's on the same thing um so yeah br- brilliant and um just an incredible run all the way through and uh, the, the teamwork made us all very proud. So, so getting onto that team then uh, we've now, uh, let's talk about some, some of the guys that are, are free agents at the moment. We all know who they are. Um, but I, I've always, we'll come on to Goran Dragic first because I was always just an absolute shoe in of 
yeah, you know, that's just it's not a matter of when it would just be if and how much, etc. Um, but I've, I've, I've had a couple of reports recently to say that maybe it isn't as cut dry as that. You know, this is a 35 year old guy um, who's had a, a foot injury that should heal very well and everything. But are we going to really throw what could be up to 20, 22, 23 million or whatever on another player that's that's get another year older and that is uh, is coming off of an injury and suddenly there was this little creep of doubt in my mind where I thought hang on I, I thought this was a shoe-in and now I'm reading a couple of things that maybe it's not Alf can you reassure me in any way is this a done deal is there nothing to worry about Goran Dragic is re-signing and then we'll be back next year um anybody who's really listening to five on the floor of Miami Heat beat knows I'm not the insider no. But the rest of those guys are, and I listen to them, and they don't believe that Goran Dragic is going anywhere for an, a second. Like, there's absolutely no doubt in, you know, Ethan's mind or Greg Leif Sylvander or anybody else who's who's in tune with what's going on with the Heat and, and, and that roster that thinks Goran Dragic is playing in another uniform next year. And mm. they're just going to make – they're going to do right by him. I think it's going to – you know, we, we like to use the term on five on the floor, one-year balloon payment. Yeah. Um. Because you have, you know, because of the the salary cap situation and the fact that it's not a great free agent summer, um, it's one of those things where you could see them giving Goran 15 to 18 million, something in that range. You know, I don't really break down the numbers, but something like that. And then, you know, maybe after that, giving him, you know, vet minimums until yeah. he wants to retire. You know, kind of just doing a Udonis Haslam thing where you just kind of take care of him because he's the kind of guy that they really want in their locker room and they really want on their sideline. And not to mention he was their leading scorer through three rounds of the playoffs. It's not like he can't play anymore. Yeah. So yeah, the, 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 uh, Goran Dragic, I would bet good money uh, that he's back on the heat next year. Uh, yeah. Great. I mean, and you're right as well. It's not just a matter of, you know, one year balloon payment. He's an important player. He's still, he's still arguably, you got Butler, you got Bam, and then it, it it probably even then goes back to Goron as your next best player at, at his age. His production is still incredible. He he showed that in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is another important signing. So hopefully he, uh, as you say, there's there's no problems there, and we can get him for another year, putting on good production. I don't think Jimmy Butler would have it any other way anyway. I don't think he'd be saying, look, whatever happens, you've got to get Goron back because they are boys, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's a player in that locker room that would be happy with going walking away over money right it, it, it's it's you know it's I, I don't think that would sit well with just about any 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 guy in that locker room from what i've seen you know covering the team this season yeah yeah totally so um okay so let's hope that uh, that's one ticked off next one then that i think that probably people would levitate to would be jay crowder um now jay was um sort of came across in the the underside, sort of in the shadow of the what was known as the Iguodala trade, um, and it was Jay who's, you know, Iggy sort of started off slow and then got better, um, but Crowder was just from he plugged and played straight into our system. He was like it was like he was bleeding heat culture before he even walked through the door. So he slotted in uh, perfectly, and he was he was uh, we, we had an incredibly uh, productive um, Jay from an offensive end as well. Right, he's always known for his defensive capabilities, but he was very good offensively as well um now do, do we see any reason again why is is jay gonna be here next year or or do you think he'll get offers for more years anywhere else what what do we think what's going to happen with jay i think on the strength of his performance that i'm not as confident as i am with goron but i'm pretty confident i would say like if i'm 99 on goron i'm probably 85 percent on jay 
Um, mm-hmm. I believe uh, the Heat have his bird right, so they can, you know, yeah. uh, they can do some things with his salary. I think he gets a balloon payment too. Uh, they're going to keep that 21 space clear. Coast. Um, so if if Jay can go out there and get more money elsewhere, which he probably can, more money in more years, he might not be able to get more money per year. Um, they might just outbid anybody for one year and then just, you know, Jay's going to have to roll that dice with with his basically with his career and his, you know, his um, his viability going forward. Uh, will he take the one year balloon payment and just have, you know, be able to stick? Because, you know, Jay's moved around a lot. Yeah. And he he maintains a residence in South Florida. He loves Miami and he's fallen even further in love with Miami and this Heat team. He does not want to go anywhere. But I think everybody in that locker room understands the reality of what the Heat are trying to do in 2021 or even towards the trade deadline of next year. So. I see him coming back. I see another balloon payment for him. I think you're going to see some people balk at whatever that price tag is. But on what Heat fans need to understand, you're paying Jay that one year so that you can kind of even him out uh, going forward. And they want him here, and he wants to be here. So I feel like they'll work that out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I put out a tweet um, a few days ago just saying um, there was some rumors, obviously, about Gallinari, who's who's obviously doesn't look like he's going to be back in Oklahoma next year. And uh, so I put a tweet saying, if you could only choose one for one year, would you go Jay Crowder or Gallinari? And it came back um, about 63% of fans coming back with uh, with Jay Crowder. Um, and I know there's always that little bit of homerism and everything else because at the moment he's still one of our guys, but that did surprise me. Um, out of those two, if you had one of them for a year, I mean, Jay obviously defensively is great, but surely would, would Gallinari's offensive skill set outweigh Jay's defensive on the other end? If you had to choose one, who would you choose there? The, the Heat have too many one-way guys already. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not – and I like Gallinari as a player, but if I had – I wouldn't give up Jay Crowder for him. And that probably sounds like something uh, a crazy person would have said uh, six to eight months ago. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you just look at what he gave the Heat, because the way he – like you said, he fits in the system so well, uh, right next to Bam – uh, he can knock down a three at a decent enough clip where he has to be respected. That's the most important thing. It, it, he just needs to be respected from there to be able to give Bam space to operate. Um, would you like somebody a little bit more prolific? Sure. But at the same time, when you're when you have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn, these guys on the uh, defensive side on the floor that are, you know, you know, let's just be honest, a liability. Yeah. You can't have too many of those guys that could only play on one side of the court. And Gallinari is not a good defender. Uh, mm. I think we're going to both agree on that. So I, <laughs> as much as I would love Gallinari, uh, you know, could you imagine a lineup of Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Gallinari, <laughs> and you know, and Bam trying to desperately to make up for all that defi- all those deficiencies. I think that'd be a scary, scary sight. Yeah, yeah. Pray for Bam on that one, definitely. Exactly. That was, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's good. Good point. And um, yeah, I think the, the the balance on Miami's needs come forward further, further for, uh, for for looking at Jay Crowder back another year over Gallinari. I agree with that. So then. Um, on to bigs now. Um, that's something that if we're assuming that Myers Leonard doesn't look like he's going to stay unless they can work out something on him very cheap, um, then there's a there's a bit of a hole there that we need filling. So uh, there's been a few names 
Um, now, most recently, up, I think it was up uh, last night, there was some rumours about Miami splitting their mid-level exception on two players being, and the rumour players being Wesley Matthews and Millsap. Um, on first look, I quite like that. What do you think about that one, Alf? Uh, we talked about this on Floors Yours, the uh, the streaming show that we do every uh, Thursday night. Um, and I love that idea. Now, I, I, I don't know how feasible that is uh, because a lot of people are talking about how much Wes Matthews loves Milwaukee. And anybody who hasn't been to America, he's the only person that loves Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> that's just a weird place to fall in love with. Like he went to college there and he wants to stay. Like I went to college in a shithole town. I didn't want to stay. Um, but listen, that's what he wants to do. But he also has a really good relationship with both Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler being another Marquette guy. Uh, we, uh, the heat have quite a, uh, history with Marquette guys. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Um, so if he would come and you could, you could do, and you could split that money between him and Paul Millsap, I think that's, I mean, I think that's genius. Um, I could even see West Matt, you know, some one of the questions was, well, is will West Matthews accept the role off the bench? I don't necessarily think West Matthews would have to come off the bench. Mm. I think the lineup with West Matthews, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and either Jay Crowder or Paul Millsap, uh, they have enough ball handling between Jimmy, Bam, and, you know, West would probably be the third, uh, you know, the third ball handler. On in that starting lineup, and I think they'd be fine. And sometimes we get we get too caught up in who starts and who comes off the bench and all that stuff. But West would give you another defender who you who you have to respect from three. And you put that starting lineup out there. You have four guys that play two ways in Duncan Robinson. That's scary, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So that's a, that. Yeah, that whole idea is really is 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 really is is really. Um, is really uh, attractive to me. And somebody was saying, well, that that uh, bringing in Millsap makes Olenek expendable. And I don't believe that at all because no. you're losing Myers Leonard. Who's your backup five? Yeah. Um, Millsap and Crowder are sharing minutes. Kelly's going to be Kelly's going to have to be out there every minute that uh, Bam isn't. And Millsap is a really good rebounder. So you could put him next to Kelly Olenek. And not lose a lot there. So I really like that idea. That, you know, if the Heat were able to pull that off, I, I mean, if Riley doesn't get executive of the year next year, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I agree. And I think that if you was to put, yeah, uh, Wes Matthews and, and Millsap in, in, and basically you substituted that Myers Leonard, then I don't know how the money would work, but maybe Derek Jones would, would be uh, would be gone as well. Would you say that those two for two, would you say that uh, 2021 Heat are now, or next season's Heat is now slightly stronger than it would be if it was Leonard and DJJ? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm a big Myers Leonard fan. I, I, I love what he brought to this team. I love what he brought, just the, even just the energy from the bench when he lost his starting job. Um, but that guy wants to play, right? And I, I can't, I, you know... I can't hold it against him if he goes somewhere where he has play, uh, uh, playing time and a little bit more money. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr. has proven himself to be a very limited player um, with, a, with, a, with an upside. But, you know, you, you saw that there were just times he was just unplayable during the playoffs yeah. and the finals. Um, I don't think Wes Matthews or Millsap, you know, Millsap did an amazing job against a guy like Anthony Davis in their series. So, um, 
And then the, the Heat have a lot of the a lot of young guys, so I don't, I'm not even worried about bringing in guy, a little bit some older guys, some vets. So yeah, I do think. I mean, I think that makes you a stronger team. Yeah, I I agree, and I think that I agree with what you just said as well on Derek Jones. I think that I think the Heat would probably like to talk to him, get in a conversation, and maybe look to do something. But I just think that. Um, we're going to see someone pay over the odds. I think we're going to see a Cleveland or a or a Detroit or Atlanta, someone along those lines. There's always the Knicks lurking. The Knicks are always <laughs> lurking to hand out a bad contract. Yeah, they're going to hand out a bad contract, and I think that he'll he'll probably take take money and and realise that there'll be better playing opportunities there, which would be a shame because we like DJJ. But you're right, there's there's times where he's unplayable. So that that. Uh, combo. Yes, I agree. Though that we, we become a better team, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Um, one, uh, just staying on the bigs very quickly. Two other names. One, um, one that I think Heat Twitter in general have sort of concluded that would be the best option um, if it was to be able to to come into fruition. Although I'm not sure it would be. I'm sure it'd get offered more years again. But Aaron Baines is a name that doesn't sort of uh, that, that a lot of Heat fans seem to like. Now, I think again, I've heard on your episodes that. Um, people at your end you agree with that yeah that that would if you could do it that would be the best fit yeah I think Aaron Baines I'd love to see Aaron Baines here but I think um it, it's interesting right because the way this the money is stacking up and you know the 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 uncertainty with salary cap stuff going forward I think the money's gonna dry up before it gets to some guys and Aaron Baines might end up being one of those guys. And if that happens, then, yeah, I think it's it's a great option for the Heat. He is somebody who definitely could play next to Bam. Uh, if you still wanted to go small, he's a great option off the bench as a backup five. I I, I love the idea of Aaron Baines here. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying that um, he's if, – if this was a normal offseason, he definitely could get better offers elsewhere – I'm, the only thing I'm thinking is that because of the uncertainty with everything going on, the salary cap, kind, you know, it might take a dip or it might just flatten. There was a there was a six million dollar, I think, um, jump in the salary cap that a lot of people was, were expecting that because of covid is not going to happen. So I think there's going to I think the money's going to dry up out there and Aaron Baines might be one of those casualties. And if that happens, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, de- definitely. Now, what, one other final name. Uh, I put this up as uh, um, if we could get him on a vets min uh, for one year, would you take Cousins, Boogie Cousins? And a lot of people, well, I'd say almost everyone said, well, hell yeah, you know, low, low risk, high reward. I would take that. And I was actually still a bit surprised at that because for me, Boogie was three years ago was one of the top three maybe uh, centers in the league. But this is a big who hasn't played at all for two years. Um, his glass. And I just thought... I, even at a vet's mean, I know it is is basically taking UD salary if he decides to move uh, into into a coaching role. Um, so I get that, but and I know that again, people are saying, well, if you, even if he can give you eight, nine, ten minutes, that's pretty good. But I just think personally, I just think this guy is he's not gonna he's not gonna give you any production because he's not gonna be available. Personally, what do you feel on um, on Boogie? I think. It's. I think I agree with a lot of the people who uh, voted in your poll or responded to your tweet, where it's just it's low risk, high reward. It's another Eddie Curry, Greg Oden. Uh, it's one of those moves where you're just hoping that you you pull another Ike Austin out of your ass, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and it and Boogie, 75% of Boogie is. I mean, I, that's. I mean, that's so much better than Ike Austin ever was. Like. 
that, you know, if you can get this guy back to 75, 80%, he's a monster. Mm. And he's the kind of guy that can play next to Bam, that could spell Bam. Uh, he's not the greatest defender. Um, they would have to switch a lot of their coverages when he's on the floor because, you know, he's not the best at moving laterally. But neither was Myers Leonard, right? So they found yeah. ways to make that work. They'll find ma- ways to make Boogie Cousins work. And I do, I think that it's a viable possibility just because. Pat Riley loves his bigs. If he can get that guy on a vet minimum, if he feel if they feel like they they could bring him in here, put uh you know inject him with some culture, you know <laughs> lose some weight, get in the best shape of his life, he can become a monster again. And if if that's the case, then yeah, sign me up. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's fair enough. And I think if you could get him into shape, um, yeah, the, that is pretty that's exciting. A, that's a tall. That's a big ask. That's a right? big ask. That's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Let's that's, not let's not let's not forget that's not going to be uh, that's not the easiest thing to get Boogie to do. But if if, if Boogie's at the point that he wants to, you know, he wants to make a, he wants a, a career again, then he's he's going to have to do something. And this is a place where a lot of guys resurrect their careers. Yes, this is very true. Well, that could be exciting. Let's see. So um, final sort of question on this now. If nothing happens, and I, I think something would have to happen, but if nothing happens, if we go back in, we run it back with this team in what's no doubt going to be a stronger East next year. We even just you look at the Nets, for example, are going to be uh, pretty close to full health. Um, I think we'll see uh, a reaction from Bucks, and I think the Celtics are going to only going to keep getting better and more experienced and so on. So it's going to be a harder ask next year to, and we already. You know, let's put it right. We we overachieved this year. It was fantastic, and they deserve all the credit that's come away. But we overachieved. So, if it was to just be the same again, um, do you feel like? Do you think that the best that we could be looking at is maybe the Eastern Conference Finals, or do you feel like we could, you know, the, the, the players, Bam, Robinson, Harrow, are all got another year of getting better? So who knows? You know, let's roll it back. We could do it again. I mean, I'd like to see them make some improvements, but if they don't, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be apoplectic. You know, I'm going to be fine um, because I do see them as I see I see them as an Easter Conference Finals team. And if really what you're hoping for is if if you're not signing anybody new, you're looking for Kendrick Nunn to take, you know, a step forward. Yeah. You're looking for Tyler Hero to, you know, who looks like his trajectory is well on its way to being a superstar. Well, you know, you got a year, another year of Bam uh, where he's had the conf- confidence of being the best player in an Eastern Conference on an Eastern Conference Finals team. Um, you know, so you have you're looking for leaps from your guys, mm-hmm. and you know you're just hoping that you can continue to get the, the production out of some of the vets. Uh, you're hoping Jay Crowder, uh, Iggy Goron are all able to do the things that they've been able to do. And also looking at Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson is not a young guy, but he's, you know, yeah. this is his, that was his first real year in the league, first you know, season. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if he can just, if he can, if he can take a step forward, you're, you're, I, I see them at least as an Eastern conference finals team, they could get back to the finals. But, you know, I don't it's almost like there's it's, it's hard to see them not improving in some way, especially when you don't see them bringing back Myers Leonard or Derek Jones Jr. And them ha- them having that mid-level exception. There's going to be a way to improve this team this offseason and any improvement that they can make puts you right. You know, it puts you right back in contention. 
Yeah, and, and we all know what Pat's like. You know, look what he did last uh, off season in one foul swoop. All those bad contracts gone, and suddenly uh, an all star pulled out of nowhere. And uh, who knows? We, 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 he may he may be a bit pushy again this year. If he thinks there's an opening somewhere, with just another year of Jimmy Butler getting that bit older, he might not want to wait till 2021. We could see something happen. So we'll see. Whatever happens, though, um, exciting, exciting stuff. So before I let you go, Alf, just one other question. Um, I just want to touch on Tyler Harrow. Um, because Heat Twitter are fantastic, but um, when we're talking about trades, uh, they seem to think that all you've got to do is throw in Kendrick Nunn and um, uh, <laughs> and, and Kelly Olynyk and maybe a pick, and, and you can get pretty much anybody the you want. number 20 pick, yeah. That's it, and they think and that that's it. That, yeah, exactly. But when you are talking about a wow, they think, oh, well, okay, well, maybe you'd have to include Tyler Harrow. Now, that uh, always makes me smile because I think what we, the fans have fallen in love with Tyler Harrow, and rightly so. He's just been so enigmatic. He's been brilliant to watch this year and just a, a breath of fresh air. Um, uh, if we're saying that his, and he says that his level that he wants to get to is around that Devin Booker and the Heat are saying to him that you can be even better than that and who knows in his first year it could be Shane Groomsies that 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 he, he as you've just said a minute ago he's on the verge of being a superstar he could be a superstar um therefore is he untouchable should we not be including Tyler Hero in any trade scenarios um no no I'm no he's not untouchable okay to me the only untouchable people on this team are Jimmy and Bam after that, you know, uh, somebody was asking me, would you trade Tyler Hero for James Harden? And I I can't stand James Harden. I don't like watching him play. And I said, yes, in a heartbeat. Are you crazy? Of course. Uh, Bradley Beal. Like, you know, when you start talking about James, James Harden, Bradley Beal, who scored 30 points a game last year, mm. uh, Giannis, any of these guys that, you know, superstars. And, you know, fans fall in love with potential a lot. Yeah. Like a whole lot. Like people get so excited about some a guy's potential, potential, potential. Like Tyler Hero, Bradley Beal is Tyler Hero fully realized. Yeah. Like the best to me, the best Tyler Hero will ever be is Bradley Beal, and that's really, really good. And if you could just get Bradley Beal now during Jimmy Butler's uh, prime, you do it. You know. And as much as I love Tyler Hero, but like. You know, when someone starts throwing him in trade for Ibaka and, and crap like that, I'm like, all right, get out of my face. But there are there's a certain upper echelon of guys that if you're going to go after them, you're going to have to give up Tyler Hero. And we're mm-hmm. just going to have to accept that as fans um, and that the Heat know what they're doing. So, yep. you know, we if, a lot of times I feel like people love culture. They love uh, the front office. They love Riley until they're about to make a move that they don't necessarily agree with, and they go get they get all crazy and they, all that trust and all that twenty five years of built up you know loyalty goes out the window and they lose their minds. Whatever the Heat do, believe me, they have the best interest of winning at heart, which is what one thing about this team that you always can be confident in. You're not rooting for the seventy sixers or the Kings. You're rooting for a team that is always going to focus on winning and winning first. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, I've I've had almost word for word that exact conversation with other fans. I've said, look, you you if the if the ceiling is Booker, if the ceiling is Bill, 
and you've got the opportunity to do that trade, then you would take the ready-made version now. Uh, why wouldn't you do that? So, as, yeah, as, as you just said, as much as we love potential, and we love this kid anyway because he just screams Miami, you know, the drip and the culture and the, the, the lifestyle, everything is perfect, and that's why fans love him. Um, and it is his rookie year. But, yes, 100%. He, uh, I agree with you, is you, you take the ready-made version of what he can become. So, yeah, well summarised. OK, Alf, um, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, fantastic uh, to talk to you. Uh, for anybody that I, I'm sure my US listeners know fully aware, uh, are fully aware of what you do and who you are, etc. But just in case any UK listeners over here who are just getting into the sport or just starting to follow the heat, please let them know where they can find uh, your work. Uh, you can find me at Alf, A-L-F-954 on Twitter. Um, I host the Five on the Floor podcast with Ethan Skolnick, Alex Salido, and Greg Sylvander. Um, like like uh, Daniel said, you can also catch me from time to time on Miami Heat Beat. And also Light Skin Opinions. Light Skin Opinions is more of a uh, pop culture, politics, everything under the sun kind of show. Uh, not safe for work, so don't listen with your kids in the car. Uh, it's if if you think I'm wild on heat beat, you gotta listen to me on light skin opinions. It's uh, it's quite a show. Um, but yeah, check me out. Uh, you know, we we'll, we still do the live streams on Five Reasons YouTube. Um, you ch- subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's full, 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 full of content all the time. One thing Five Reasons Sports does just about better than anybody is produce content. Ethan is running a Chinese labor factory um, where none of us are getting paid, we're, but we're all making shoes and iPads all day long. Uh, so just check us out. FiveReasonSports.com. Five, uh, subscribe to the Five Reasons Sports YouTube page and check us out on any podcast app. We're on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I don't know what all the kids are using nowadays, but we're everywhere. Uh, so check us out. Yeah, brilliant. And um, yeah, and we're, we're not sponsored on here just yet. But uh, if we were, we would 100% be sponsored by Manscaped because uh, you do the greatest Manscaped <laughs> advert. I mean, I won't go into it too much, but I spat my drink out the first time I heard. Do you not want your face to uh, do you not want your balls to look like Tony Brothers face? Then use Manscaped. <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, that is absolutely fantastic. So that's what we aspire to be. Alf. <laughs> It's brilliant marketing because nobody wants their balls to look like Tony Brothers' face. Oh, man. Brilliant. Alf, uh, really enjoyed having you on. Um, thanks very much for coming. And yes, uh, everybody, please uh, check out their content because I-, I bang the drum massively over here. Um, but they are the market leaders, in my opinion. So uh, continue to do great things and um, continue to stay safe. Thank you, sir. Same to you. Okay, guys, we'll be back next week with a new episode we'll try and do some draft stuff i'm going to try and dive into some draft analysis there so uh, we'll be back to talk about that next week until then till next time